We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. And away we go, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe Pizapia, and saving you from listening to my awful voice because I am ill, but I'm still here, Todd <laughs> Zola. So, Todd, see, I'm not on the 10-day DL. I'm still here. doesn't matter if I'm sick or not. I show up, and I'm ready to go. What do you think about that? I think that's, uh, that's very impressive, Mr. Pizapia. Very, very good. No MRIs for me. I don't care what anybody says. All right, Todd? Don't yeah. By the way, I'm watching this game tonight. I'm watching the uh, Houston uh, Astros versus Texas Rangers, watching McCullers throw behind Napoli, and I'm watching these guys posture, and I'm just going to throw this out there, Todd. Is there anything more frustrating than watching two teams pretend like they're going to fight for 10 minutes? Because I just think that's lame. Um, maybe watching two goalies in hockey do that little circle thing like they're going to go after each other. All right, fair. You nailed it. I didn't think there was somewhere you can go below that, but you hit it. Well done. That's why you're a master. That's why you are, Tonson. Oh, All right. We are looking ahead to the Tuesday slide on FanDuel, trying yeah. to get an idea of where we are, what's happening. Let's go to the top of the board. Let's go with the pitchers. We've got Chris Sale. Obviously, uh, 11700 You're going to pay a pretty price for Chris Sale. Uh, some other lefties on the board, too. you got Cole Hamels, John Lester, both over $9,000. Also, James Paxton. So it's a, it's a night of left-handed studs. Of all these guys and their values, is Paxton the best return, being 93 in terms of cash games? I don't know. Uh, I know he hasn't shown that much yet, but I'm still on Carlos Martinez. I know he he's a, doesn't fit the form. He throws with his right hand, but um, – I don't know. With Milwaukee, though, you said cash games. The upside is their strikeouts. So maybe for cash games, Paxton is the way to go. LA is a little safer lineup to be facing. But I got Martinez is uh, even with still on the card, scoring the most raw points tomorrow night. Tonight, 
Is sale at a point where, you know, when you get to over that 11,000 threshold, is that just really difficult in a one-pitcher format to to make a case for him? Or or do you still find your, your best Chris Sale lineup in those 50-50s? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's not quite Clayton Kershaw, so it's not an automatic. I think I look to see what's there. And actually, there's some, there's soft enough pricing that it can be done, but especially on Tuesday night slate, I'm not forcing it at all. I mean, I, I think Chris Sale's going to do a very good job. I'm not forcing anything. There's just too many. It's it's a night of great pitching. Now, speaking of great pitching, you got Corey Kluber at 10,300, yeah. Verlander at 96 going head-to-head. Verlander nice in his uh, most recent start, also Kluber as well. What do you do in a situation like this when you got these two guys? You just kind of flip a coin and say, okay, which one do I like? You go back and forth and say, okay, where are the – uh, where the offense is at right now, and if so, do you favor Kluber in the sense of that Detroit lineup maybe have more strikeouts in it the way they've been hitting so far? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, unfortunately, you don't have to make a choice because I get again there's some other uh, players on the card. But if uh, you know if, if you're asking Kluber or Verlander, I guess the first option is whichever's guys at home. But I do tend to point a little bit more towards Kluber. The track record is just a little bit stronger. And uh, like you mentioned, that well, although Mickey should be back soon, the lineup's still not clicking. Or I mean, he could be back tomorrow. He could be back tonight. But you gotta wonder the day he comes back. Someone's out there gonna put him in a in a GPP just because that's what a GPP is all about. But I still favor Kluber. Now speaking of GPPs here, let's talk about Jose Quintana because he had a great start last time out. Yeah. Kansas City for the second time last time out. Against KC, 10 strikeouts. He's going against Duffy again this week, 55 points in FanDuel scoring. Now, mm-hmm. I'll say this. We are sort of conditioned the last couple of years of that Kansas City lineup being a tough strikeout lineup and all that stuff, manufacturing runs. That does not seem to be the case this year. And with Quintana maybe going on that arrow in the upswing, does all of a sudden he become very relevant tonight? Yeah, absolutely. The the power, not even the power, because that's, that's the wrong word, <laughs> the strength of the KC lineup still left-handed. I don't know. Gordon's actually not striking out as much, but the, the rest of the lineup is, and he, he's just not—he's making such soft contact. So you know, some people will be on Quintana because of the last outing. Other people will fade him because of it. I just pretend it never happened, and I look at an individual—you know—you know—in a vacuum, and I like—I like left-handed pitchers going up against the Royals. You're right; they're—they're they're not striking out a ton, but they're—they're they're more like leave at league average now. All right, let's talk about Matt Harvey for a second. He's nearly the same price. I think this is more of a risky play here if you're going in the tournament. I mean, look, he's been pretty good this year. The one game where he was bad, I mean, was last week when he was basically thrust into a situation where he wasn't clearly ready to be pitching because of the Noah Syndergaard fiasco that happened last week. Uh, Is that give Harvey a pass, or have you not seen enough from him maybe in the strikeout department yet to, to warrant the DFS use? I don't know if it gives us a pass, but it gives us another week before we make that decision. You know, I know the, the narrative was that he lifted weights the day before and this and that and the other thing, and, and the Mets can't do anything right. But it, it, <laughs> That sounds about right, Todd. As a Mets <laughs> fan, I can tell you that there's something on that logic wherever you ended there at the end. It just felt right. Yeah, you can just uh, – you, you had me at Mets. But the um, – I don't know. I just – again, there's so much other stuff. And, 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 you know, he's still a matchup-driven guy. I want to see what he does tonight. Uh, I don't think I will be on him. But he did look – he looked good enough that my sort of general feeling is when he's healthy, he's going to be pretty good. I just I – don't, I don't know how long into the season he'll be able to sustain it, you know. And, that, you know, on a start-by-start basis, he's kind of a matchup play for me. 
and you know the cards don't fall his way Tuesday, but I'm not sort of I don't sort of just dismiss him by the name alone. You know, Atlanta again. Atlanta is a trap team. They right. uh, they hit right-handed pitching very well. Right. Yeah. And and I'm trying to think of that last start that Harvey had against them. Basically, he handled them quite well, with the exception of Matt Campbell who took him yard twice. So, you know, he seemed to have a good look on them. But sometimes the second time around, I don't. You know, I ignore that. That's well, it was one day. You know, it's. Oh it, no! I just meant like he, he yeah. looked pretty good. I'm saying sometimes when a team gets another uh, the pitcher again, second time around. Usually it's the inverse a lot of times of what you saw last time, you know, either for better or worse. Sonny Gray is going to make his triumphant return, and of course I'm putting triumphant in air quotes, <laughs> uh, against the Minnesota Twins. Now that's a team that does strike out a fair amount. How lucky are you feeling? Are you feeling lucky enough to throw Sonny Gray out there at 8K? No, we're going to be – I'll be mentioning the words Sonny Gray a lot when we start talking about hitters. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I I need to see it from – I need to see it from Gray. In general, he works on such a small margin. He was When he was good, he worked on such a small margin of error. I would have liked to have seen the healthy Sonny Gray in this new StatCast data because he induced more weak contact than anybody a few years back. And and to me, with the injury, he, I need to see it. You know, the, the strikeout rate was already pedestrian. I just don't know. And, and when he did pitch last year, he was pitching up in the zone. So can he, you know, was it the injuries? Was it something else? You need to see him down in the zone. So I, I'm not, you know, I know someone out there is going to say, well, that's why you play him in a tournament. Well, that's not why I'm playing him in a tournament. All right, let's look for some offense for some of these pitchers who yeah. might uh, be ready to uh, give some <laughs> offense. Let's find the guys that are the gifts that keep on giving. Got Matt Latos is going to run into a buzzsaw of a Yankee lineup right now. Uh, that's certainly one spot you can start. Tyler Glasnow struggled a bit. He's at yeah. Cincinnati. That's a fun one as well. Yep. Uh, I'm also looking at Alex Cobb, too, who's you know not been terrific this year. And I, that was something that concerned me, too. Everyone just always, you know, well, you're more removed from Tommy John. That's automatic. No, it's not. Some guys take a long time, if ever, to get that back. And, uh, you know, four of his last five starts, he's given up. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, four of his last five, he's given up four earned runs or more. You're having trouble getting that quality start, which means bullpen's going to come into the mix at some point. Are the Marlins in play as well today? Yeah, I mean, you don't like the park for a stack, but I suppose so. I suppose for a uh, sort of secondary or a pivot stack, they are. The thing with Cobb, you mentioned you know, the other come back. We didn't, we, you know, he, he, he pitched well before he got hurt, but he hadn't pitched long enough to establish that was his baseline. Right. So whether or not he hasn't come back or whether or not we never really knew his baseline, it's sort of irrelevant, and you know, which what what it is. He is where he is now. I'm still, you know, enamored with the talent in the park. Um, I mean, I'm becoming a little bit less so, but yeah, I think what I think what I would like to do is get some exposure to Cobb as opposed to stack against him. Now, where else are you looking for offense? You trying to go against the Alec Asher uh, with those Baltimore guys in, in Boston there, or is it is it Latos and, and the Yankees? Where, where is it you're trying to? You know, if you're going to put some pieces together, because remember too, they got to be kind of affordable offensive pieces with the way this pitching looks like. Because you got a whole yeah. lot of number ones on this board. Yeah, I actually my theme is going to be uh, I'm favoring the matchup and not favoring platoons platoon advantage tonight. I think there's some righty on righty matchups that you can save a little money. You know, the the price is down based upon the site's algorithm. It's a right on right matchup. I think that you can we can go in those places a little bit. So that's kind of where I'm looking. And, and Sonny Gray is the guy I'm looking to get because I don't, even if he pitches, you know, how long is he going to go? If he goes five innings, right. you know, in the, in the, the Oakland bullpen, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of names there, but it's also pretty vulnerable. 
Well, yeah, and, and not to mention he's going against Irvin Santana, who's pitched pretty well yeah. himself this year. Yeah. Last time I checked, that ERA is still under one. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that Irvin Santana. I mean, we forget. <laughs> you know, we didn't mention him at all, but, I mean, quality start, quality start, quality start, quality start, quality start in every single game this year for Irvin yeah. Santana. There's a guy completely overlooked the night of big pitching where maybe we shouldn't be overlooking him. Oh, yeah, because similar to Kansas City, there's a little bit more swing and miss in the Oakland lineup than people realize. All right, let's go over to the catchers and see if we can find some guys here. We got uh, the one that pops to me right away is Jonathan Lucroy. I know he's gotten <laughs> dropped down there. I get it. He's down there in the lineup now. He's at ninth, I think, tonight. But I don't care. 2,700, the guy who's driven in 90 runs before in his life. I, I just, whatever is ailing Jonathan Lucroy to start the season, I'm just, I'm buying in at 2,700 because I'm looking at the rest of the catchers and. You know, you can't go to Buster Posey at 35. I don't think that's the way you necessarily want to go either. And it's just at a certain point, I just I just want a safe return on investment is not going to kill me. I know Weeders has been very good this year as well for 31. Is that kind of the happy medium between those two? I mean, you know, he's got Taiwan Walker who's pitched well, but some of those good outings have come against lesser offenses like San Diego. Yeah, well, I have LaCroix and Posey as my two guys that I highlighted. But the other guy I have is Francisco Cervelli against Scott Feldman at 2,500 for the for not the complete punt, but a little bit more of a punt there where uh, you know the contact guy against Feldman who doesn't miss a ton of bats. But, yeah, I'm with you on LaCroix in tournaments. Here's my right on right against Mike Fears. Right. Um, I think I can get Posey in there against wooden cash games if I go down to someone like Paxton, who I think is, would be my cash game pitcher. I think will be my cash game pitcher. So I haven't done it yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to try to get Posey in there. I usually don't click the catcher into the end, but I think I'm going to click him in at the beginning and just work around it with Paxton as my, uh, my anchor against the, against the Angels. Now, first base is a place where you can actually save a little money and find some offense still. Uh, you know, it's funny. Right away you go to Eric Thames and you're thinking about him. It's hard not to because <laughs> he's Mr. Offense this year. And while well, he's a lefty bat against the righty pitcher, Martinez, and I know you mentioned you like Martinez, but it's ironic his numbers this year against left-handed pitching has been even better than against right-handed pitching. Not that the right-handed pitching numbers have been bad, but there's another one of those, you know, not necessarily what you would think right off the bat, but you dig a little deeper, you figure it out. I know Encarnacion's a little cheaper, but against, you know, the matchup he's got, that's a, that's a tougher one against Verlander. But I'm looking down there, and I, I mentioned this team before and because I was mentioning Cobb, but mm. what are your thoughts on <clears throat> Justin Bohr tonight? I mean, there's a left-handed power bat, especially in – uh, you know, to make up a little bit, if you're looking for that power, he's got the righty-lefty matchup there. I know the average isn't great, but he's, he's coming off a decent weekend here, too, yeah. performance where he went yard at six RBIs on Sunday. Yep, he'll be in there for sure with lefty-righty matchup and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I think that's actually a pretty good place to look. Um, it's actually, you know, they're finally starting to adjust the price up a little bit. Um, he's, you know, he's still cheaper than Mitch Moreland, who's sort of in a similar spot. A uh, little, you know, against Asher and Fenway. So sure, Boar would be a definite, a definite place to look if you're trying to save money. Although, I mean, I, I, there's so many good, there's so many good matchups up top that I, I, depending upon what you can find elsewhere, I don't know that I want to skimp on first base tonight. So if you don't want to skimp on first base, where, where do you think the best return on investment in terms of you're talking about individual matchups go? Uh, is it the red hot Zimmerman? Is that the way you go? And is that kind of another one where no. you don't go to the top of the board, but you still get a good value? No, maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm looking for the for the cash game play. Maybe Joey Votto against Glass now. Who, you know, uh, you know, Joey Votto can take a walk off of you know, uh, you know, the most 
you know, the guy who throws the most strikes in the league, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll nurse a walk up a Kershaw, let alone Tyler Glass now. So there's my safe floor. And, you know, Rizzo against Hellickson and Carpenter against Uli Peralta, a, co- a couple of the other places to go for, uh, for the pop at the top, if you will. Mentioned, mentioned uh, Moreland. It's going to be all season long, assuming that, well, there's no reason why Hanley and Moreland would be playing a different position. That's, that's the game that you sort of play where, you know, all right, a lefty's in the mound, you go with Hanley. A righty's in the mound, you go with Moreland. But sometimes when a righty's on the mound, if you want to get the differentiation, that's when you go with Hanley and you go with the right on right against a lesser pitcher. So actually Hanley against Alec Asher would not be a bad tournament play because some people are going to be on Moreland. All right, let's go over to third base and, you know, look at some of the values over there and look at some of the salaries. I'm going down under 3K, and it's funny. I see the name Alex Bregman hanging out there at 2900 and I'm going, wow, has, has there been a guy more disappointed in April that people had very high expectations for in the fantasy community, not just the season long, but daily as well? Alex Bregman sitting here on May 1st getting into action, six RBIs and just two at 50 batting average. I mean, zero home runs. Uh, I mean, I know he's got Cole Hamels tonight. I mean, that's not the easiest matchup, but does that help him at all start to break out? Is it time where we start focusing on some of these guys who have struggled immensely and maybe in GPP play you, you get some of these quality bats turning it around soon? And the problem with Bregman, especially GPP, he's just not the – you know, I, I know everybody says, I want a guy that can get me two homers. You know what, I'm not, I, I want a guy that can get me one homer. You know, I, I may, I'll build up to wanting two homers. And he's not really a power guy. I mean, he's a guy that I'll use in a Houston stack when I like the situation just because, he'll, you know, he'll get that domino effect with the other domino effect with the runs in RBI. But I don't know that he's a guy that I'm looking to pop one uh, out of the park. So, I, you know, he's kind of more of a cash player when he's, when he's on for me. So right now, I, you know, third base isn't all that great tonight, but he's still not. I, I didn't highlight. I didn't highlight Bregman. All right, where else are you looking for? I mean, I know you mentioned earlier we we're talking about uh, Joey Votto being able to take a walk. Well, let's talk about his Cincinnati counterpart. Let's talk about Eugenio Suarez, mm-hmm. who you know last year did struggle against right-handed pitching, but we mentioned Glass now has been inefficient a bunch. And look, Suarez is a guy that's been able to show you a little bit of everything, and certainly been making steady contact at the very least this year. Is this a guy that at 3,600 you think is a good return? Yeah, that's a, it's kind of a, it's a, you know, yeah, I, well, uh, all right. I'd rather pay up and get Miguel Sano for a hundred more dollars. That's uh, fair. We can, we can leave it at that. Well, not leave it at that, but yeah, I mean, Suarez in a vacuum isn't bad, but I mean, to me, again, it's the right, right matchup with, with Sonny Gray, but give me Sano and there, there is your two homer possibility. Uh, Sano against Sonny Gray. So that would be, and it's in, in Minnesota, which is uh, easy, I believe, and it's, I don't want to misspeak. I'm pretty sure it's in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, target field is a little bit more offensive than uh, – than, than, uh, it's still the Coliseum, but they, they're now – the surface is called Ricky Henderson Field. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah. So what that means it talks about himself in the third person. Is that basically? Yeah, I don't know, but I, so I, like when Ricky Henderson Field feels like you know you're gonna get rained on. Ricky Henderson wants to make sure Ricky Henderson Field wears a jacket. That top on Ricky Henderson Field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. Th- there we go. But yeah, that's weird. They they didn't in the park after him probably because they didn't want to pay the money. But they've named the surface after him. So what are you gonna do? Well, look, I don't know what they're gonna name after <laughs> us someday, but we'll find out. Oh, what about Anthony Rendoni? I'd be remiss not to mention him. I mean, we were talking about guys on hot streaks, but. Uh, I mean, he had himself quite a month on Sunday, yeah. and uh, here we are turning it. I mean, 99 points, I, it just bears discussion because it happened, and I haven't talked to you since it happened, but 99 points, that's that's a hell of a score to see. 
on FanDuel scoring or any scoring, really. I mean, it's one of those numbers yeah, you I, see it and you go, huh, well, isn't that funny? Uh, and, and at $3,000, I mean, it's not costing you all that much to find out how locked in he really is. Yeah, no, Washington as a team right now, they're scoring like seven runs. Oh, well, incredible. Rounding it up at seven runs, like 6.8 at this point, which, you know, obviously um, is just sick. So you get the, you get the multiple effect. He's been hitting up in the order with Eaton gone, with Eaton injured now. So you, you get the two hole, the two hole and the five hole are pretty much a wash. So sure, Walker Walker can be inconsistent. Uh, so it's not. Oh, there it is, kind of a tough tough call tonight. But yeah, I don't mind it. Three thousand for tonight. You know, he's not expensive. He's not cheap either. So sure, uh, Rendon's in the picture, but it's going to be really hard to talk me off of Sunil. Well, it's going to be really hard to talk me off of Rendon's counterpart, which <laughs> is Trey Turner. At 4,300, you talk about this offense, you talk about them rolling, where he hits in the batting order, the power, the speed, everything he's got. I don't have any season-long shares in Turner because I just was not confident enough in him to make that kind of investment as my franchise guy. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to use him in daily, and I have since he's come back. And so far, I've been very, very pleased with Mr. Turner. I've paid a premium, but it's okay to pay a premium for getting premium production. And he's the one guy so far tonight where I look at, shortstop and I look at the middle infield and I go, you know what, if I'm going to pay for anybody, that's the one I'm going to pay for. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you could, uh, you know, depending on where Bogarts is hitting in the order. I know Baltimore really stifled the uh, the Sox order on Monday night, really cold in the park. It's supposed to be warmer in Boston. Well, it is warmer in Boston on Tuesday. So, you know, that could help a little bit. But sure, uh, for that kind of money, I'm, I mean, the same price as Bogarts. You know, we, you mentioned Lados before. Didi's back, so I would Yeah, that was my next one. It's yeah. it's slim pickings at shortstop. I mean, honestly, yeah. Didi was my was my you know my fade from the top of Turner, right. and simply because of well, who's on the mound, and you know I was sometimes a little scary to throw those guys back in there, uh, but look at Didi, all the numbers I think trended in the right direction for him in the second half of last year, a very positive, for yeah. Gregorius, and you know good ballpark, good matchup, all that stuff. I can make the case for it, but feel really good about the floor of Turner. Let's go over to second base real fast, too, yeah. and talk about, uh, you know, Jose Altuve versus left-handed pitching. I think we all know that. <laughs> we all know what that is. And at 4,000, I think you can make the case to go to the top of the board. Now it's going to be tough to go all the way to the top of the pitching board and get guys like Turner and Altuve. You might be able to get one of them, but to get both would be, uh, I would say, damn near impossible tonight, really, to to get enough of a floor anyway in a cash game. So you got to be real careful there. I think – these big bats are almost better paired with the Paxons or even the urban Santana. Like we talked about, I mean, I think Santana's yep. that guy tonight. It's kind of flying under that radar. Uh, who else at second base right now in terms of matchups, where does he catch your eye? Where do you see uh, someone being a little bit underpriced? Yeah. Don't, you know, back, back to the sunny gray wagon again, Brian Dozier. Don't mind him at all. Yeah. Um, I don't, the one, the one sort of number I do look at as far as, Batter pitcher is against a knuckleballer, even though that's not very telling. Uh, Neil Walker, 2,800 against Dickey is uh, intriguing to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, his, his power side, you know, some of these, some of these right-handed hitters or switch hitters hit righty against the, the knuckleballers because they don't want to mess up their Yeah, I've seen that before. Swing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Walker continues to hit lefty. Well, and I, Walker's in cleanup in this lineup now. It says yeah, he's out yeah, too, so that's another thing time. to keep in mind. Where he's hitting in the lineup, certainly yeah, a, yeah. a good spot there. And and look, you know the Mets. You know, so far as we're recording this tonight, they're putting runs on the board, and they put runs on the board this weekend. Uh, you know, up until that Sunday game. So uh, the Mets' offense, despite the fact Cespedes has been out, guys like Conforto really 
pull their weight right now, and yeah. you know they're they're starting to at least pull out of that a little bit. Yeah, the punt play for me is Chase Peterson with Atlanta against Matt Harvey. We talked a little bit about Harvey. <laughs> that's your that's you know that's to get some of these other. I I kind of went high at the corners, so if I want to save some money, I may go for a Jace Peterson at 2300 against a Matt Harvey, depending on where he's been hitting second or seventh. The Atlanta order, I mean, they've had Adonis Garcia hitting second a lot, so depending, you know, there's a pretty good chance Peterson's down back on the seven hole, but that's baked in at 2300. Now, baseball is here, so don't get stranded out on first base without a RotoWire subscription, and don't miss out. On this great offer, make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim it, and you must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. So big pitchers on the board, which makes big outfields sometimes difficult to roster. But there's one guy I just want to touch on, too, because we talked about matchups, and we talked about Right now, where Mookie Betts is, I mean, I know he's still floating around 4K. Him and Giancarlo Stanton were two guys that popped to me in terms of the mm-hmm. high-end outfielders tonight because of the pitcher matchup that they have. Uh, if you're going to pick between the two of them, where do you go? Do you go with Mookie Betts, who does a little bit more of everything? And I guess my, my follow-up question to Mookie Betts on top of that is, if you like him tonight, where has he been so far? Is he the guy that we saw last year, or was the guy that we saw last year – maybe the very, very high peak of Mookie Betts, and is he something in between, really? Because I think some fantasy owners daily and season-long are a little concerned right now. Yeah, well, I coming into the season, you know, season-long play, I did not I did not have him pegged for 30, 32 home or something like that. To me, he's a mid, you know, he's a 25-20 guy, and, you know, if he gets better, that's great. That's what I'm paying for is 25-20. Um, yeah, again, it's warming up a little bit in Boston. They should have a better night Tuesday than they did on Monday. But he, I, I'm probably not. I'm probably not going there. I'd rather go down a little bit. And you know, actually, uh, people may be on him because he homered on Monday. But I don't mind Andrew, McC- Andrew McCutcheon against Scott Feldman in that same sort of range. Um, so I, I need to see. I mean, I'm not a guy that follows streaks and that, all that sort of stuff. But I need to see Boston swinging the bats better. Yeah, uh, I, I still say when you take David Ortiz out of that lineup, it's just not the same. I don't care what anybody tells me, it's just not. All right, now with these big pitchers on the board, lots of money being thrown around, so you have to find some value. And I got a couple names for you. Two of them are on the same team here. Uh, they're both playing in San Diego tonight. They're going for Colorado, though. The first one is Ian Desmond, returning from the disabled list this week. Uh, he's at $3,000, a guy with power, a guy with speed. Mm-hmm. Guy can do a little bit of everything. The matchup against Cahill is a good one. Trevor Cahill in his four and a half ERA does not scare me. Uh, I'm not intimidated by it at all, Todd. Right, and right. Carlos Gonzalez is the other one who's been very quiet this year. Now, I know sure. these guys aren't playing in Colorado tonight, but I'm looking at these two guys and I'm saying to myself, okay, Ian Desmond, Carlos Gonzalez, are they better than $3,000 and $2,800 talent? Of course they are. And do they have the matchup against a pitcher who is certainly going to help them and help their cause? Absolutely. And I look at those two guys tonight as prime examples of ways you can find value in the outfield to support Chris Sale, to support Kluber, to support some of those guys if you want to go big-time cash pitcher. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, the the non-cores is baked into the price, so I don't don't mind that at all. Desmond, I guess in a cash game, I'm not ready to go cash game yet with with Desmond. Uh, Hasn't been back long enough. But Cargo, sure. Now, Conforto's been terrific. Uh, I get paused, though, when it comes to a knuckleballer. 
I've been having Conforto in a lot of lineups over the last week or and change here. Every time he's been in the lineup, I seem to like the value. Now the price has gone up a little bit. He's climbed a couple hundred dollars from that 3,000 right. range to 35. And when you pair that with the knuckleballer, I feel like that's a little bit of a trap. I'm, I'm not there yet. Is, should I be there? Should I be on the Conforto bandwagon tonight with Dickie, or am I on the right path? He's. I'm more concerned about the free swingers than I am. You know, Conforto's getting the law for now, but I think, you know, he's just in a nice little zone. He's more. He's still more of the line drive gap hitter. I don't mind. I don't. I kind of like Conforto. I um. You know, I'd like to see where 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 Granderson's in the lineup. If he if he's in the lineup, I know he's done like a 2300. You'd think he's been around long enough to have faced Tim Wakefield, right? I mean, he's he's seen some knuckleballers. So I, he's more of a tournament play for me, but if he if if the granny man's in the lineup, I know so far he can't, but you know maybe maybe tonight he can. All right, let's uh, go down to uh, uh, here's a name, and I'm gonna throw it at you. And I know I'm I've been the chief in hammering him for the last thirty days or so, but he's starting to turn around a little bit. And you mentioned Sunny Gravy and back and. Uh, I think maybe a 2,600, only tournament play. I feel like Byron Buxton's actually in play for me tonight. I, I really feel that. I'm just I'm going out on a limb here. Last couple of games have been good. The at-bats, if you've seen the at-bats, have been better over the last week. He's looking That's the ball. He's the 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, look, you know, I don't know if it's going to change anything, but all I know is Byron Buxton over the last week has been a much better version of Byron Buxton, and the numbers are awful. Still, they're absolutely dreadful, which means his ownership. If you're doing multiple lineups, I think this is a play where you can throw Buxton in there at 26, and if he hits, that's going to be a separator for you because there's just no way he's going to have any heat on him whatsoever. But if you've done your homework or if you watch the games, he's got a couple of stolen bases over the last couple of games. Yep. He's also got uh, five, uh, six, excuse me, six walks over his last four heading into Monday's action. Yeah, no, since they moved to the belt on the order, his patience has, has improved immensely. And as you mentioned, he's running a little bit. And it's not as bad to, to hit eighth or ninth in the American League, as I think we've mentioned a couple times. Right. They do steal out of that spot. You know, I, 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 I'm in a way, you know, we, on FanDuel, you can only stack four guys. And if we're using Santana, that's even one, you know, uh, one, one fewer as far as that sort of goes. So, uh, you know, Kepler's up there a little bit higher, hitting second. Or near the top of the order against Sonny Gray as well. But I like the Buxton call for tournaments. All right. Anybody else outfield-wise that uh, Lord Zola believes is going to make a difference on uh, eh, Tuesday night? No, just, I mean, it just snuck, just, just snuck Kepler in there. So, um, you know, as far as guys that I really want to make sure we hit on, you know, uh, not really. I mean, Cog, Coglin's your, your punt against Masahiro, Masahiro Tanaka. But short of that, I think we're, we're okay. Maybe uh, – Ah, look, looking through it again. No, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, very good. That's Todd Zoll. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Zoll. You can follow me at Joe PS 17 For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great night of Daily Fantasy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.